Hey guys, welcome back to Questions from the Millennial Next Door with Jessica Gray. In this podcast, we talk about some of the lesser discussed questions that come up in your 20s. This is about the things we wonder about late at night, the things that come up when we're done being assertive, confident, and totally cool, and let the curious part of ourselves ask what it wants to ask. This is episode two. When is it a good idea to ask for advice? As a 20-something, I am at a stage of my life where I'm facing big decisions for the first time. And maybe because of this, I find myself the recipient of tons of advice, both good and hysterically bad. Sometimes the advice is so loud and so overwhelming that I can't hear my own opinion over the noise of it. And I'm left at the end of a grueling week of self-doubt, frankly worse off than I was before. You know that feeling. Your friend asks, are you going to take the position or not? Or are you going to date the guy or not? And you say basically, neither, I don't know, or I'm going to have a drink instead. That got me to thinking more about advice in general. How do you know when it's a good idea to ask for advice? And how can you tell good advice you should follow from the bad kind you ignore? That's what I want to talk about today. I think that advisors, as I'll call them, bring three things to the table, and identifying which one you're seeking out is the first step. People have experience, viewpoint, and idea generation abilities. If you are asking for their advice because they have relevant experience, you are asking them to share anecdotal data with you. Essentially, how did this thing I'm contemplating play out for you? If you are asking for their viewpoint, you are saying you respect the way they think through situations and how they break down what's important. And if you're asking for brainstorming help, you're just looking for additional options to widen your search space. Asking for brainstorm advice in my eyes is the most innocuous. You have everything to gain from getting more people to share ideas with you. You might ask someone for ideas of what jobs combine people, skills, and data, for example, if you're narrowing down career ideas. Or you might ask what lenders should think about when getting your first loan for a home mortgage. Input from others can be added to the list in your head, and you can quickly strike anything that doesn't suit your fancy and follow up on the ones that do. If you run into a dud, you've only invested a little time soliciting their ideas. Asking for options comes with very clear boundaries. You just want some ideas to consider, and you haven't made a commitment. So there's often less expectation from the advice giver that you must and will follow their suggestions. I think this kind of advice is great to ask for when you are starting any kind of decision process, and that it has very little downside. In fact, I was reading a book by Chip and Dan Heath that was just recently released called Decisive, which stresses that making sure you are evaluating more than one option is one of the most powerful tools to improve your chances of success. Instead of a question like, should we buy this house or not buy this house? It's better to have at least one other option. Should we buy house number one, house number two, rent house number three, or none of the above? Evaluating multiple options was associated with a six-time higher success rates for the businesses studied as measured through sales and financial metrics than evaluating a single option. So I advocate asking for this particular kind of advice often and doing it early in a decision-making process. Asking someone to share their experiences in a similar situation is next on the list of low risk to relatively high reward. Hearing how something played out for someone else who has seen around the corner can be incredibly helpful. 
The weakness to this approach, though, is that it's anecdotal information, and it's hard to make a major life decision on one data point. For me, there are three techniques I use to ensure I get the most out of this kind of advice. The first is to pick people who are similar to you to share their experiences. If you are a creative, freewheeling type, ask others who have that same approach to life. The second is to ask more than one person for their experience. Broaden the set of stories that will stand vividly in your mind and aim for diversity. Especially aim to get at least one story that panned out positively and one that panned out not quite as expected. The third thing I do is to ask the person, would you do it again and why? The last type of advice, which I suspect is the one we most often ask for and probably should be the one we ask for least, is the viewpoint. You give the person all the relevant details and then you ask, what would you do? There are hundreds and hundreds of therapists that are in business helping to unpack all the anxiety created by this kind of question. This is how you get the feeling of mom and dad don't support my lifestyle and I feel misunderstood. This is how you start to feel like everybody close to you is out to stomp your dreams or is alienated from you. You ask for their advice and then they reflect back to you their values. I do understand why this is the most requested kind of advice. When we're feeling lost and helpless, we want someone we know and trust to just tell us what to do. We take the confidence they project when they express their opinion and compare it to how we are feeling internally, which is confused and scared out of our minds, and we think, yes, let's follow their lead. They seem to know where they're going. But the truth is, there is a whole set of values and baggage that underpin their opinion, and signing up for that in your own life does you a disservice. Done in the absolute extreme, you live a life picked out for you by someone else. You don't make your own mistakes or your own decisions. And done in moderation, you find yourself somewhere still on that same spectrum. So my view on this kind of advice is to do it half as often as you have the urge to and to be very, very careful about who you let into that conversation. How similar are you in values to the person who's giving you advice? And does that difference in values strengthen how much you should listen to their thoughts or discount how much weight to place on it? One framework I like to use to help me gain distance and understand how similar my viewpoints are to another person is the Myers-Briggs framework. Being able to say, my father is an INTJ and I am an INFP, which means we may differ on how we value creativity, is a great way to be able to gain some distance and say, and this is why I should pick up some of this and discard some of this versus just taking all of that advice as a whole. You may not love the Myers-Briggs framework, and if that's true, then that's totally fine. Find a different framework that will help give you that distance. But having some framework, any at all, helps you to get started thinking about major differences between the advice giver and you. Finally, the most important thought when taking this kind of advice is to try and focus on the why of their opinion and not the actual conclusion of their opinion. They say to you, take X job, Forget the actual conclusion and just take the logic of what they're saying seriously. And if you like the points they raise and want to take them away and systematically reflect on them, that's perfect. You got value out of their advice but didn't let it just mindlessly direct you. Another question that I ask myself often is one that maybe you should consider before you pick up the phone or send off your next G-chat. Why are you asking for advice? 
the answer may not be as obvious as you think. The major culprit I find in myself for asking for unnecessary advice is when I'm just feeling uncomfortable with the inherent uncertainty of a big decision. And to deal with the discomfort, I ask somebody for their opinion when I really don't need an opinion. I need a listening ear instead. You can ask just to have someone listen to you without giving an opinion. Some are better at it than others, but you can say that what you really want is a sounding board and that your decision making is in its formative stages, so you'd really appreciate the space right now to develop your own opinion. Ask them to be a safe space where you can voice your current thoughts aloud and have them reflect those thoughts back at you. To wrap up, here's what I've learned in the past six months about how to get the most effective advice. Ask yourself why you're asking for advice to determine whether you actually want advice or just emotional support that can be gotten in different ways. Figure out what type of advice you're asking for. In general, getting lots of one, some of two, and a little of three has been the best combination for me personally. And when asking people what they would do in your shoes, be very cognizant of how their values differ from yours by using some type of framework like Myers-Briggs to give yourself distance. Most importantly, focus on the rationale they give you and make your homework following up on proving or disproving the rationale they gave while ignoring the actual conclusion they chose to share. Ultimately, this life is the only one you get to live. So live it guided by your own hand.